It's back to a car! <laughs> back for another week. Uh, we actually missed you last week, but mm. we are here again. You're tuned into Back Talk Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo, here as always with In Mourning for Joe Ingalls, Matt Beatty. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad day for for the Jazz, for Aussie Hoops. It's it's a sad day for me. <laughs> it's it's just not very good overall. Yeah. Sad for uh, Joe, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that in a second. But yeah. uh, with us, as always, the must-be-getting-excited-about-the-Celtics-now, Jake Eisenberg. Do we need a third star if we have Robert Williams? <laughs> Is the third star already on the on the roster? I think so. I think so too. Feeling <laughs> good. The Celtics are back, boys. Let's go. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for weeks. We've been teasing. Like, is it time yet, Jake? Can we talk about him yet, Jake? Is it time? Can we talk I'm about not, him? I'm not a coward. I haven't been waiting for this one five-game winning streak for the entire season to finally talk about them, but. I think we. I think we can. Six, now. isn't it? You corrected it's us. It's six. Oh, apologies, apologies. I lost <laughs> yeah. count. I've lost count. I lost count. I don't have enough fingers to count. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting. I'm turning into Bill Russell. <laughs> well, if we refocus back to the season, the trade deadline is immediately ahead of us. I think it is mm. twelve hours away, thirteen hours away, our time. Um, mm. So somewhere right now, Woj is being called left and right. And I don't envy him. So while that's happening, I figure we might as well be able to jump into our favorite and only segment on Backdoor Cut, the Rose Gold Moment of the Week, where this week, provided Josh Giddy, you know, set a new career high in points again. Paddy's still been – actually, he's been losing for the Nets, but he's still Paddy's doing his thing. But uh, we, we'll take this opportunity hmm. to bid Vale to uh, one of the greats, in Boomer's history, Joe Ingles and his torn ACL at 35 years old, not ideal. Just got traded to the Portland Trailblazers today. He himself said, hey, if the Jazz can tri- flip, flip me for help this season, then I don't begrudge them. Go for it. The gentleman that he is. He's such a are. legend, dude. Come on. Like, w- show me the last time someone was traded post like injury or from their favorite team that they've ever been on with that kind of response. Like, yeah, I know. I know. And this was before he got traded. I know. Top bloke. Come on. I just, I feel a little bad. The wallet's going to take a big hit from, from Joey boy. It's probably going to be minimums now going forward, but I trust he's got a good business manager. Um, I'm sure the boomers has some guy that he's been getting into NFTs and all that good stuff. Like, well, um, we were yeah. somewhat it's discussing this. Oh, sorry, Jake. I think I spoke over you there. We were somewhat no, discussing no, right, this man. earlier. And um, I guess coming off this injury, he'll be seen as a spot-up threat more than anything else, someone that can handle the ball off the bench maybe. Like I don't see him being a f- big part of any team. Maybe he'll be a seventh eighth man what do you guys think that's what he was in utah to begin with like it's not i don't think it's any reduction in what you expect to get from him it's just more yeah 34 and 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 obviously coming off an injury it's just like well how good is he going to be i think it was a down year for him as well numbers wise you know before the injury so it's it's just the timing is terrible for it in a in a year where he's coming off contract you, you sort of 
touched on it, Jake. You know, I think he, he would have had one more payday to an yeah. extent, obviously relative to all of that context. Like he would have got something like maybe what Paddy got, like a five mil a year for a couple of years or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now, like there's every chance free agency starts and he just doesn't get signed and, and he mm. gets picked up later on. Like the season could already start next year and, and he's not even signed yet. It could be one of those. Yeah, I do think that's probably pretty likely, just because he'll be he'll be rehabbing at the beginning of, of next season, I guess. Um, but at the same time, I was thinking a team's going to talk themselves into him pretty easily as like an end of bench guy that if he comes back could help him for the stretch run. The shooting and playmaking for a guy that's that big, even though he's not the best on ball defender, he's still he's still big enough and long enough to play. You know, always thinking about the Celtics. You can put him in several lineups surrounded by a bunch of good defenders. He's going to be in the right place and guys can rotate over and, and fill a need. So, look, maybe I'm, I might go back. Maybe he, might, he could get more than a minimum. Because I <laughs> you've told yourself, I can, if you've done I'm it, myself right do into it. it. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, think, shooting and playmaking with size, everybody needs it and wants it. So, you know, maybe um, you'll at least get I, a little I, minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think worst case for him is that Utah will bring him back on a minimum, and I yeah. think he probably would. He would probably take that over exactly maybe other offers that might potentially even be better, just because obviously he seems like he loves Utah and that organization loves him, and it's a, a pretty good kind of bond that they've had over the last eight years or so. You know, I, I don't know if there's a, a player that's had a, in that same time, you know, had that same sort of connection with that. With that organization, obviously Donovan's huge for them, and, and Rudy is huge for them. But you know, outside of those two guys, Joe's really kind of connected with that, with that organization, that fan base, and the community. So it's 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 I, I can see that probably probably that's how it's going to play out. They got to get him on the Udonis Haslam pension, whatever's going on oh, down there. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. he's and more speaking, useful than Haslam. Speaking of his mate Paddy, there's a team in New York that could probably use Joe Ingles off the bench. Yes. Yeah, but they don't need any more people with injuries, that's for sure. No, not right now. But should that team still exist in their state next year, I don't see why they wouldn't look at him. I I just, I really, I struggle to see him not in a Mm. Utah Utah uniform. If he's still in the NBA at this point and after this injury, like I think it's either Utah or he comes back and plays in the NBL. And I don't think he's he's at that point yet. I think he's definitely still got a little bit more NBA left in in that body. It's a little bit of a bummer. Oh, it's a huge bummer because it would have been fun to see him get traded to for for another competing team just to to see him. I know the vibes weren't good in Boston previously, but I was pretty keen on getting Joe in there. Um, I think. I, yeah, I think. I mean, to, yeah, to, to your point, I think he he would fit in there perfectly. I, like he's actually he, he he plugs a lot of holes that they sort of have, and at the same mm. time, I think some of the stuff that they're already good at can sort of help. It, like the defensive stuff is is it sort of fits with him as well. And I, I think that's to an extent that's why he's he has been so good to this point in Utah because obviously that system just suited him as well. Playing with a a, a roller like Gobert has just been up his alley from a pick-and-roll standpoint. And then, obviously, they shoot a lot of three balls and his threes really come along in, in the time that he's been in the NBA and, and and defensively as well. Like, Rudy cleans up for a lot of the sort of mistakes mm. that, that some of those wing guys, and I think that's sort of come under the microscope a little bit in the last year or so, Utah's wing defense, and, and he's certainly a part of that as well. So, Rudy cleans up there. So, 
yeah, it, it's been a good fit for him, a good spot in Utah. Mm. So I, I think that he's he's going to be very selective with where he chooses yeah. to sign next. Yeah, it'll. I, I think it. Utah obviously would be a front runner, being that he's so tight with it all. Or I guess it could only be a contender. I don't see him wasting his time anywhere else. I don't see him like chasing a big deal over a couple of million on eight yeah, extra years yeah. somewhere that's shit. And like, realistically, um, I just died. I'm thinking I, Warriors I, as or much something. as we were trying. To, yeah, I, I just don't think it's. I just don't think it will be there for him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Got to get on. Uh, the, um, Joe. Get on the KD, Clay Thompson rehab program and off to the races. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, that kind of kicked off our trade recap being that it was a trade. Yeah. So why don't we dive into some of the other trades that have already happened pre-deadline? Seems like the deadline day started three days early this year. Whew. Couple of we minutes here. We're off to the there. races. Portland Jeez. is just blowing up the house. Holy shit! Why don't yeah. we start there? All right. So, let's to start. I came off the mountain in Tasmania, and uh, no reception. We got blaze. I got a text from my dad saying, "I wish our owner was Steve Barmer." So, um, I wish <laughs> Don't we, we all. <laughs> yeah, I wish our guy was worth two hundred billion dollars because the Clippers are not only like not going to make any noise this year, but they're they're willing to go further into the luxury tax in a year that they're not going to win anything in order to prepare for the following year, which is great as far as a competitive situation goes. So they Clippers acquired Norman Powell and Covington. Powell's under contract for another three years after this one, and Covington's a free agent, which they could they could easily re-sign. Yeah, um, and the Blazers got Bledsoe, Winslow, Keon Johnson, who's a rookie, pretty sure, and the twenty twenty five second round pick. Yeah, so Blazers got nothing basically. Um, I think Bledsoe might have another year left, but um, I can't see he's either going to get flipped or he, he he can he's still a useful role player, so yeah. he has some value, but. Um, but that's just a just a clearing of the decks, getting under the luxuries tax, and creating space move. Um, the next trade, we're just going to run through the trades, and then we're going to run through the teams right. and how we feel because they're all because they're kind of interconnected. Yeah. Cavs paces, Cavs bring in Levert, make it eighteen mil next this year, next year, and they also get a twenty twenty two second round pick by Miami. The paces get a lottery protected first round from the Cavs. Uh, 2022 second round pick by Houston, which is kind of like like a late first round pick anyway. That's actually not yep. bad. And then another second round pick by Utah. So they're just getting assets. Um, Blazers, Pelicans. Blazers get Josh Hart, Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, D.D. Luzada. Who, oh, he's NBL, uh, Sydney King man. There you go. I'm, I thought Josh might know who it is. There you go. Luzada, yeah. Brazilian yeah, guy, where, right? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're the... Okay, there you go. Nice one, fellas. Confirmed uh, by our NBL expert. Yeah, perfect. Um, and then they got a 22 first-round pick, but, man, the protections. Four, top four protected keeps with the Pelicans. Five to 14 goes to the Blazers, which is where it probably ends up. Or 15 to 30 goes to the Hornets. And then it's like, 
Blazers keep get it if it doesn't convey. This shit is why the deals take so long to get done. Right? Yeah. You work talking to four different teams about these protections and these picks, um, and the Pelicans get CJ Nance, who's now just been announced. He's out for six weeks, and Tony Snell. Now the Pacers Kings one. This is what got everybody riled up today. Kings get Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, who can't play in California because he's not vaxxed, which I found oh, out right. today. Yeah, they so traded for someone that can't play. And you have to wonder if the Kings knew that. They didn't. <laughs> There's no way they knew that. I'm, I'm willing to bet that they didn't know that. There's no way they're like, fuck, now we're going to trade this guy tomorrow. <laughs> and a 2027 second round pick, Pacers get Halliburton, Buddy Hill, Tristan Thompson, who's already said he's not playing in Indiana. He's just staying Tristan in Cali. Thompson. Yeah, Tristan yeah, yeah. Thompson. He's just like, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm not going down there. I feel like he's um, he's retiring. He said he wants to play for a contender. So I don't know. Okay. That's if the contender wants you. He's delusional on (laughs) many fronts. And then the Jazz Blazers, Spurs trade. Another in-season trade for the Spurs. This is wild stuff. I know they never make trades. Not that they're actually trading much, but Jazz get Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Wancho. Blazers get Ingles, RIP, Elijah Hughes, and a second-round pick. Spurs get Sato expiring and a second-round pick. Now, when I was writing all that shit down, you know what I, my first takeaway was? is like second-round picks seem to have a lot of value now because none of the contenders have any first-round picks. Clippers traded them all. Lakers traded them all. Bucks have traded a bunch. Nets don't have any, and neither do the Heat. Like, no one ha- like none of the big teams have first-round picks. So second-round picks actually have a lot more value than they did because Sam Presti and David Griffin have them all, which I didn't. I guess didn't so. Think of. Yeah, like legit. It's availability, you know. Like if if there's none available, then the price is going to go up. Supply and demand. Supply and I, demand. I mean, I don't know though. It's only what value you put in them, right? Like realistically, mm. it's not ever going to turn out unless you're drafting Jokic. You know, no, it's, you know it's... what? I reckon in the past couple of years, there has been more second round steals than like the 20 years prior to that added together. I, f- I feel like we're just scouts are missing people. They're dropping deeper. You can get a find in the second round 100%. That's going to be oh, useful. You're just wearing rose-colored Iodesonmo glasses right now. Maybe. But he was a second rounder and he's so good. (laughs) But my point is, like, Io's not the only one. He's one of, you know, you just called out Jokic being another one. These are guys like Jokic might be the most skilled center in the history of the NBA and they missed him. He went into the second round. Literally the only time that's ever happened. Nah, I don't know. I think I think these teams shouldn't be devaluing their center second round picks just because they're second round. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they are devaluing. Like clearly, they're being used as yeah. Ways yeah. It's more so I, I, I think they do have value in the right hands. I agree. You have to you have to hit on some of those at some point, otherwise you. I, I think it's just scarcity because ultimately, as you yeah. said, Jake, all the first round picks are gone, and this yeah. is all they've got left to trade. So this is that's it's more that than anything else. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Exactly. All right, the Blazers. They're blowing it up two years too late and they're saying that they're going to rebuild around Dame, cap space, yada, yada, yada. 
I'm not. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting plan. What what do you reckon? Well, to recap, what's left on their roster <laughs> that we we know from their I guess team okay. two weeks ago is that they've got Dame who's injured. They've got Anthony, who has shown that he's actually legit and they should probably keep developing him. And they've got Nurk. That's it. Well, he's a, he's a free agent after this year as well. Well, there you go. They might not even have Nurk. But they do have lots and lots of cap space now. So is the plan Anthony, Dame, and go from there? Or are they going to trade? We were discussing off mic earlier Maybe they're just going to trade Dame too and really tear this thing down and start from scratch. Well, here's the thing, right? The, the cap space they have is it's only like 20 mil from what I was reading on, on Twitter, which is a lot but not that much. And <laughs> do you want to know the projected free agents? Or Brady, what do you think is going to happen? What, what do you think about this so far? I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's all signs pointing towards Dame getting traded. I, I really... Uh, yeah, I just at this point I don't think they're going to get enough back to put next to him to help them win, and so in that sense, let's just tear it all down and and start again. Like, what's the asset that's going to bring back someone that's going to push them into more than hoping you avoid the play-in? Yeah, absolutely. They don't, they don't, they don't have, they don't it. have it. They don't have it. They don't have it. Like, they got one first-round pick back. And, I mean, so their own pick this year is their best shot at getting a real asset to to move, because that that New Orleans one isn't without value as well. Like it also, is pr- protected one to four, but it I assume New Orleans will win enough games that. So I guess, in theory, on draft night, best case scenario, they have the first and the fifth pick in the draft. If they best case, lot of, sure. Best case, they they jump up, they pull a fucking Pelicans, like Zion or a job and they get a first or second pick and then the Pelicans one also jumps up a bit. I'm not, sure, I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. but So that's that's their best case. And even then, like who... I mean, maybe it's a, a Beal, like, but then he's got to sign that off. Oh, you're right, baby. I just don't think that there's a move out there with the assets that they have that's going to be out unless, of regular. Unless, like, and this might sound crazy... But unless they're buying off Ben person. Simmons, oh, they're, they're, yeah. But there's what's, no what what's there for Philly now? I mean, yeah. for the longest time, it used to always be, oh, like a CJ or yeah. potentially yeah, Dame would go. Dame, but then like yeah, yeah but then like oh, that sucks. I don't want that. That's I don't think that Ben surrounded. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have cap space to try and then build around him and, and maybe maybe you're right actually, but I, I, I don't know. Like I still don't like it. <laughs> I I just don't like it. I really don't like it. I, I really like the fit I don't like it. Ne- I like the fit of Dame next to Ben. And I, I just think if you're doing if you're getting rid of everything and Ben is your now your number one horse, like that's good luck. I, for the record, I don't like it either. But like the, these moves don't make sense to me. I don't understand what they're angling at here. It's, they're not going to be able to, as Jake said, best case scenario, they get the first and fifth pick, add that in to Damon Anthony and sign a free agent. And it, that's it, the best case. It, it makes sense to me if if they're, if they're tearing it all down and Dame is, is going to try. Because like some of these, like I, I don't mind Alexander Walker that they picked up from, from New Orleans. I think he could be a player. Yeah, but he's in Utah with, now. 
Yeah, he got. Oh, he's gonna get flipped again. Yeah. Oh, yep, so yep, I missed yep. that one in my recap. Yeah, they traded. That one, that's uh, Ingles. Yeah, he went did to... too, didn't he? Yeah. No, oh, you, you, you got that. I think you did say that. Either oh, way, yeah. like. Anyway, yeah. It's uh, is it's Josh Hart still there? Like Josh Hart's yeah. an okay player. Josh like Hart. he's not, he's not gonna like set the world on fire or anything. That's probably like, the like their best asset because they're not gonna trade Simons. Josh Hart like, though is distinctly a role player. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah of course. I know. Yeah. I love Josh Hart. I think he's great. Me too, but like this isn't enough. That no, I I still sense either full blow tear down, or they're going to try and cut a corner and flip Dame for uh maybe not well, Ben, but no, something I, like that. But I think flipping Dame is the full full blown tear down. Yeah, that 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 is literally it. Like, there's no cut corners here. Like, if you're going to do it, that's how you do it. And yeah, hey, I think- sorry, no, go ahead, Josh. Okay, I was going to say so. Like, I think on draft night, let's say you know they these picks or whatever they are. They they obviously range. Your your deals are going to be you got two paths. Get good enough to where it makes sense to make the trade and it kind of keeps Dame happy. Seems very unlikely to me. Or you realize on draft night that's not going to happen. You trade Dame to wherever you can on the same night. You draft whoever you can. You draft you draft your picks. Whoever you get back in the in the trade, whether it's Ben or whatever, that's your rebuild. That's the kickstart done. Like you're off to the races. It's, it's tricky backing yourself into a corner like that, though. Like you better it's not hope backing yourself a, in there. But like, it, say there's not a adequately valuable trade on draft night, and you don't you're have forced to trade Dame it. that night. You don't have to because you've, you've still got your two picks, and then you can you can trade for whoever. But I guarantee that you, maybe you don't do it the night of of the deadline. But I promise you, if you need to make a Dame deal, there'll be a pretty good one out there. Like you're not yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. full value now. They're they're two years too late, or a year too late on Dame, and they're two years too late. On CJ. Like, That's why I brought up Ben because I figure he's not like full value right now. It's probably about even. And like for Philly's point of view, they said they wanted an all-star back. So this is their all-star back. Oh, they'd be stoked with I think they prefer Dame almost. Actually, no, Maury's got a hard on for Yeah, we, we, without well, delving too much into the hardened stuff. Like, I, And yeah, this yeah. is the other thing, right? Like it's, it's one or the other for Philly. Like they can't yeah. do both. So if... if Obviously, we're recording this before the deadline ends tomorrow. Like, if anything happens there before then, and, and Harden is in a Philly jersey, then this is all moot. Like, it doesn't matter. But it, yes. it's I, 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 yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's going to be a rough couple of years for Portland. I think. I think so, but they have. They're not. Yeah. Yes. Short answer. Yes. Yeah, and I think we're all agreed there. What about the Pelicans? These. Might be my favorite, my winner of the week. Yeah, I I really like it. This is again, this is all predicated on the idea that Zion is in a Nike lab in Portland right now, <laughs> just like <laughs> doing on the zero gravity treadmill, like four hours a day, just burning calories. Yeah, and so you get him, mm. Brandon mm. Ingram, who I know I've been you know, kind of a slander of, but that's just to fit my Jalen and Jason agenda. Yeah. And now that that's, you know, it doesn't matter anymore because we're, we're well past that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a question. I have to concede. It's not a question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it all, all the agenda pushing paid off. Um, but he's, he's had a really nice year. He's taken steps forward on every front, playmaking, shooting, defending, leadership, all that stuff. And CJ, that th- those three, assuming we get the Zion that we saw last year, that's 
some serious firepower. And I really like Larry Nance too. Like, yeah, Larry, Larry Nance is a he's a bit of a Draymond. He does yeah. it all. Devonte Graham, Herb Jones, like you know, uh, Valachunas, like that's a crew. Yeah, there's a team there. I don't. I, I just don't that's know how. Like, it's as you said, it's so 100% predicated on old mate losing weight as we speak. Because mm. otherwise, there's a there's there's no point, and you might as well blow it up again. Because like Ingram and, then, and CJ aren't going to win a title on their own. No, but I think with even without Zion, I think CJ is really good, man. I and call this team a playing team with yeah, of no course. Zion. I agree. I agree. But Max, uh, maybe a little better than that. Maybe a little better than that. Like tiny I, bit. I, yeah, no, I'm probably with you. Pushing too, for the seven. They're a, they're a playing no, team. Right. But, yeah, yeah, I no, mean, I, I know. But at the same time, they're a playing team this year. But they they have if, they have yeah yeah like it's it's they got to do something. I, I agree. I, I love it if they're all there, but it's I mean it's all about Zion. We've but yeah, they, they have to they have to at least plan like the dude that's in there coming into your second or third year is going to play or at least yeah 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 even yeah or whatever and maybe he comes back in good shape but he wants out and they sign and trade him you're going to get a shitload back for Zion whatever it is someone's going to talk themselves into it oh i don't know sure i like to believe that Zion's going to come back in some capacity and oh yeah but i mean like if he's um, sitting out this whole year i imagine he's working on something like sure. he'll, be, he'll be all right and even but, and, and like if if you just take the swing anyway, because what what does it matter if you're wrong and Zion right. turns into Greg Oden, whatever. You you can you can flip fucking Ingram. No harm, and CJ no foul. Again. I get you. I get you. Yeah. yeah, and if it if it all goes well and everything goes to plan, having a three level offense of CJ on the perimeter and Ingram on the wing and Zion in the paint like that is awesome. It, as you said, that's yeah. serious firepower. Yeah. I, yeah, Zion's not going anywhere. He's there for the next. Well, he's, he's in year three he's now. There, but he's there what, for another what we're four years. Is, like, at least. is he going to be? Is he going to be Zion, or is he just going to be a body that's at? No, well, that, and I mean, I agree with Jay. You have to take the punt. This is why you. you this to. is this is this is one of the smallest markets in the league. They can't sign free agents. This is literally what you have to do. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, yeah. So that's actually what I was going to ask you because I saw a lot of people like, oh, CJ's making thirty million. It's a lot of money. Yada yada yada. But how the fuck are the Pelicans going to get someone that good? Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're no, not. no, I'm, I'm with them. I like it too. I hope it pans out. Really, the and I mean we've seen it before with AD, right? We've seen, and unfortunately it, it didn't pan out, and and ultimately the trade, and and I mean hey, it probably put them in the position to now have Zion. So we, we're doing it again. Yeah, uh, hopefully Zion can get healthy and and actually start winning some games on on court and. And the Pelicans can can be good because if they're not, then it sucks. It's a grim grim situation in New Orleans. Uh, next on my agenda hit list here is the Cavs. The Cavs mm. didn't make a heap of moves, but they did sign Karis Levert, which I find really interesting. I think that's it's kind of an all in move, isn't it? Oh, not an all in move. I mean, okay, okay it's not signing someone to a long-term high money contract but like that's a we want to win move I yeah say. we want we want to win this season yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. which yeah. is crazy considering we all had the Cavs like 14th on our over under list like we it's, certainly it's weren't sick. taking them i love yeah. it i'm i'm stoked the for Cavs it. are awesome yeah and 
Look, they only get, look, yeah, they, yeah, they only, I guess they get, get over 1.7 first round picks um, plus Rubio contract. But look, this is exactly what they needed. Garland yeah, was yeah, doing no, so awesome. much. He was doing so much heavy lifting. Like, basically, he needed to do everything. And now Levert. So, what was cool about today is we saw a few of these guys play, and Levert was one of them against the Spurs. And he did exactly what you hoped he would do. I think he took like 12 or 13 shots. I had to double check. A um, couple of clutch buckets down the stretch when Garland got stuck, chuck it to Levert, beat someone off the dribble, bang, mid range jumper, pull up three, low shot clock. Like, that's. That's exactly, exactly. Yeah, he was only four from eleven, but that's what you need—just a guy that you can chuck it to and like, and save you from some of these shitty possessions that Garland wasn't able to. I think what he's going to bring to the team that they don't really have yet, and I guess something that they miss from Rubio, because even though this wasn't Rubio's game, he was very good at it. It's just attacking the rim off the bounce. Like, Garland's all about setting up his teammates and controlling the game, and, and that's great. And then they've got these this three-headed monster big man thing going, and no one really to attack the rim. And Karras is going to have so much space to do that. He's going to kick it out to teammates that can shoot. I mean, I love it. It's To me, it's just like they found a better sex land fit than Sexton could give. Yeah, man, and and look, they, and then they still have that asset too. So yeah. he's going to be a restricted free agent. They can do something with that, dude. The the Cavs are. I'm thrilled. Like in my life, I've never seen the Cavs even remotely good unless LeBron played for them. So to well, see, that's like basically a, our whole life. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, true, <laughs> but I, like to to see them actually, yes, it, it's succeeding. A good point. Like he's, they're doing better than he is. They're doing so much better than, than he is right now. Yeah. Should never have left. And how's Kevin Love? Like six oh, I cannot year, believe <laughs> that he is the six man of the year candidate right now. Easily, too. He's killing it. So human hero. Yeah, I know. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think it's a home run trade. Like, Because, yeah, you know, maybe you get it enough, you, that first round pick that you draft you add to your young core but they have so many of these young guys like they've got the group bring in one more oh, yeah. guy that you know is good and like i don't think lavert's gonna so you've got him for one more year he um after this he's making 18 million dollars a year this year which is like i don't see him getting more than that on the open market yeah again he's he's right in that uh non Powell, fournier marcus smart what although go ahead he's had a tough trot with injuries the past Correct. year or so i could see karis levert being someone that has a really big contract year next year and like just balls out and then someone off it throws the bag yeah that's possible but then if you're the Cavs, you get him for the stretch run this year and all of next year anyway yeah yeah i don't think and it bothers you, them yeah no yeah but but even then like how good like how how good is Levert going to be to where he's getting more than twenty million a year? He was looking that way at the Nets, man, and he's still pretty young. No, like it can happen. Is all no, I'm saying. I I think he's in a good spot. I think he he wants to be there. He's everything. I think he's an Ohio native. Like he, everything is like yeah, sweet. This is a good fit for him, and and he's going to help them. And you know, if the vibes are good, then hey, maybe they'll get themselves a piece longer term. 
It's awesome, isn't yeah. it? Like, do 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 we think LeBron will consider moving back? It's not hey, that well, far yeah, away. A, only got one more year. Then go back for the minimum. Oh, can you and imagine? it looks like it looks like they're going to be pretty good. Go back for the minimum, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, a couple it, of years. It can do. Or maybe the mid-level exception, nine mil. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine LeBron taking minimum deals to win a ring. I don't know, man. What is? I'm looking up MJ's Wizards contracts now. Well, while you're doing that, yeah. to flip flip on the Cavs here, what about the Pacers? They've made, and I guess we'll get to the Kings after this, but specifically the Pacers right now, they've kind of overhauled the roster, the makeup of it. They're, they've kind of had a consistent squad over the past three, four years maybe. So this is going to be a big change. Rick Carlisle's come in, hasn't been able to get that team rolling, disappointingly, because I thought he would do. I know Beatty's not a fan, but I don't know. It just seemed a match made in heaven to me. Hey, what just are we saying, think? just saying before we get into that, MJ got paid $1 million for his two Wizard seasons apiece. So he owned the team, though. The Wizards, did he? Yeah, yeah. He, came, he was the owner and came out. I'm playing. Okay, but there's at least some GOAT president now where yeah, you know, yeah, if LeBron yeah. played for the minimum, oh, MJ would never. MJ did. <laughs> So I, it's not gonna, bro. It's Kobe gonna didn't take a minimum. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah, it's because he tore his Achilles <laughs> apart. Anyway, um, Rick Carlisle, the Pacers, etc. Uh, I well, like. Yeah, it. I, I, I first straight up like it's weird. We've, we've had a couple of like duos for a few years now. Oh, mm. should they split them up? Should they not? You know, CJ and Dame, and and Sabonis and Turner, and we've we've finally got there with with both of them. Sabonis, so I, I, I feel like they did what the Blazers should have done at the time the Blazers should have done it. It was oh, like, yeah. at, after know? the 2019 Western Conference Finals, maybe, yeah. Well, to be honest, even the Pacers are late, in my opinion. We could have told you two years ago that they needed to break them up. No, I remember going into this season, and to be fair, they had so many injuries this year. TJ Warren hasn't played a second. Yeah, yeah. Brogdon's been out the whole year. Um, so... I don't feel like they really got a fair shake, even though they kind of knew maybe that this was happening. But yeah, you are right. They could have done it a year earlier, but um, not like the Blazers and, and CJ and Dame were much, much more due for a blow up than these two. I thought. Yeah. But, how, do, how do we feel about the fit though? We've got Buddy Hield. Is he there? Yep. Yeah. So Halliburton, Buddy, and Tristan Thompson coming in and Sabonis Lamb, Justin Holiday going out. So they're, they're, kind of looking at a very more of a future rebuild situation. It's kind of time for Miles Turner to show if he can do anything. Well, I mean, he's got all the space in the world now. He's going to have more touches like he's been asking for. And he's got, it once Brogdon comes back, Brogdon and Halliburton are both really, really good playmakers. Like, I can only see this team having strong ball movement and, you know, feeding mm. the right man and all that kind of thing. Buddy Hield to spot up and all that, as Buddy Hield says himself, I can fit on any team. So, you know, like it's not. I find it curious that they flipped Sabonis when clearly Sabonis was their best player, but I guess they figured they could get more in return. And Miles well, Turner was still Miles good Turner, enough. Dude. Yeah, that's it. Like, what are you going to get back for him? Yeah, um, you got fucking Halliburton. 
Yeah, which the Kings fans are melting down about. It sounds like they would have been happier trading literally anyone on the team except for Tari's Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I think it's just more the fact that he's a second-year player on a rookie-scale contract and it just gives you the flexibility, you know, whether or not he pans out and what he turns into as a player, that's a completely different story. But, you know, they're locked into to De'Aaron Fox now, right? Whereas oh, yeah. Indiana has the flexibility either way going forward, and 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 I think that's that's probably what they were looking for with this trade. Ironically, I feel like uh, Miles Turner probably was the better fit with De'Aaron Fox. No, I think Sabonis is the Sabonis is just better, so much better. He's a better player, the better, yeah. So he's yeah. the better fit, I guess. Like De'Aaron Fox plus Sabonis. Is always going to be way better than De'Aaron Fox plus uh, Miles Turner because I think I think he's terrible, Miles Turner. I don't know if relative, he's terrible. Like, like I, relative I, to someone who's making twenty mil, he's terrible. Yeah, maybe so. But like, like purely, if we were to ignore his contract, like he has value. He's not a terrible play. He can protect the rim. He blocks shots. He can shoot. There's worse things to have. Is my yes, point. there is, but like. He doesn't really have that much value because he has value from us when he's playing because that's the things that he can do, but not for someone who's taking away your ability to bring other talent in. Yeah, I guess I we'll see. Right. And like, I was someone who had a moment with thinking he was really good and thinking he was. Yeah, coming, when but you were you were all for the Celtics signing him. Well, we were going to get no one back, which actually, who knows, maybe better. Uh, you got a better you got a better center now already, so it doesn't. Oh my like God. I, I, I'm not. Yeah, you don't need to preach to me about Turner. I'm not a Turner guy. Like I, I mean, it's still it's still interesting what's happening in Indiana and and how this rebuild pans out. Uh, you know, they've got some young players on this roster now. They're probably not done in terms of of maybe not this trade window, but like it's you know, there's going to be some other movements in players. You'd think, right? And, and as you said, Jake, they've had some injuries this year, so it's it's much of a it's kind of a throwaway year in a way, right? I think so. All right. Do we think then at the end of next year, next year, considering this year that you know they're injured, it's not really going to happen yeah. this year. But had they not made the trade, would they be better next year, or are they going to be better next year because they made the trade? Um, good question. Because I think the he asked the same questions about the Kings, and it's quite clearly that the Kings are going to be better short term. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be that much different. Because right now, why? What are they? The tenth seed, like the twelfth seed. So By remembering, 13, they got no 13. TJ Warren, they got no Brogdon. Right. Also, you're saying assuming like oh, well, TJ year. Warren's a free agent, so that'll be interesting. Oh, okay. But yeah, assuming Brogdon, Halliburton, Turner, all these guys, I don't know how much better they're going to be. Because Sabonis like the, is that good. I think Sponis is really, really good. Yeah, like he's he's awesome. I think he okay. got almost underrated through all the shitstorm of everybody freaking out about um, Halliburton, but he's he's what two time All Star? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, would you agree, Beatty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To put it up, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then flipped. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> Flipped. Yes. Same question. Same question. Next year, are Kings going to be better than had they not made the trade? I don't know about next year, but right now, 
They are definitely better because Sabonis is legit. Like he's just—he's the best player in the trade by like a pretty good margin right now. Like Halliburton's awesome, and you can see in the future him being a really good player on a really good playoff team because he gives you everything that you need from that yeah. position. Like unreal playmaking, can catch and shoot, can pull up three, really long, gonna get bigger and defend at a high level. High IQ. High IQ. Like I, I could, I could see him eclipsing the ceiling of Sabonis. It's just he's a second-year player. Sabonis is like entering his prime, which I would, was. You guys shocked? Like, actually, how old do you think Sabonis is? Twenty-six. Yeah, I'd say mid twenties. Yeah, he's twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I believe that because I remember. I was surprised. once. I was like. How, how old is this guy? And I looked and I was like, he's 20 years old. And that was ages yeah. ago. So yeah, ages. I believe it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just these foreigners, man. They come in the league at 18. So they're, they're ready to, they're ready to, like, they, they seem like vets and they're 25. Like, it's crazy. They don't have this dumb uni year. Yeah. Yeah. They have to do. That's why Lamelo's breaking all of the youngest player ever rule uh, things. And Giddy. And Giddy. And Giddy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, so yeah you're going to. I was like, so King side of it. What? I ha- I I hate it less than I did twenty four hours ago because I have now the recency bias of watching the Kings win today. <laughs> they against the Timberwolves, right. and this is like the ultimate trade bounce where the Jaron Fox all of a sudden his ankles feeling better, he's back. <laughs> the vibes, the crowd. I will say. That picture I sent you guys of the broadcast and some fan made a, a sign that says, Demontas, welcome to hell. <laughs> That's where Kings fans are. That was awesome. Oh, was they so were fun. not happy, man. How good is that? They were not happy. Do, like, do you, that's fucked. Question, question to both of you about, I saw two weeks ago, Tyrese Halliburton had a post-match interview where mm. he was like, I'm not going to let the culture of what the Kings have traditionally been seep in. I'm going to put an end to that. Do you think there's anything in that, why he was flipped? I cannot believe they flipped him. After I can't either. After, <laughs> after because uh, they, they, they have a two-year clock now until Sabonis is a free agent. Yeah. And what, the thing, what do you think Sabonis is going to do? He's going to... De- Get re-sign in Sacramento? <laughs> no fucking chance. No chance. His dad's going to be like, get the fuck out, bro. Get, get <laughs> out of there while you can. Go to Portland. And, they got something cooking. And they're going to be absolutely screwed. And then they've got this one dude who is like, I'm going to change the culture. I don't care about everything that everybody's saying. I'm the guy that's going to come in here, change the culture, take the Kings out of this 15-year fucking wandering in the desert, Moses style, to the playoffs. And they're like, nah. See you later. We're flipping you, man. Could, could, have had you for, could have had you for seven more years. I know. When yeah. you put it that way, it is kind of insane. I, I think the other thing, though, right, like the, the Fox contract is probably too hard to move right now. And that, like, it's pretty crazy. If you don't put any contracts in factor in, like, you would move Fox before you move Halliburton purely because of of that 
and yeah. I just don't think that they could. I mean, it's it's what he's, he's got long term money. Like I think it's it's, a, it's almost a ma- almost the yeah, match. and it's so I guess you you penciled in with him as your guy now. So it's sort of like in that sense, know. like uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know if I sorry, Jake. I don't know if I believe that the Kings couldn't flip De'Aaron Fox when not one year ago. People were going off like he was the best young guard in the league. Like, surely there's a team out there willing to take that punt. Or maybe the Kings just are no good. <laughs> well, you have to assume that any player that you that you take out of certain situations are just going to get better and, and like, yeah. come out of if, this malaise. And the if Kings I'm a, like, If I'm a GM of a playoff-y team... I'm going to assume that me pulling De'Aaron Fox out of Sacramento is going to make him play better. And if he played good in Sacramento, then great. Yeah, but you're paying him 30 plus a yeah. year. Like that's that ultimately that is like and this is where yeah, it's weird because you you could have had you could have had Halliburton and the, that same potential and prospect at at, at rookie scale. And I mean, I suppose the other thing, right? I guess they like the look of, of their their rookie this year in in Davian Mitchell and and yeah, I don't know, freeing up space, play, playing time for him. Like it's, I I, I don't know. I, I I do agree that I would rather be on the timeline before where you still had all these 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 two rookie scale guys versus having two years of Sabonis and then he's probably just going to walk because you guys are still shit. Like it's it's a tricky one. I, I really don't know. <laughs> I just looked up the contract. He is making thirty-seven million in twenty-five, twenty-six. Yeah, Darren Fox. It's a terrible contract. Like it's and like I and, and you try and look at other teams Jeez. that would maybe do a move for him. And like, what are you even getting back for that? Like, I don't like it, it's future draft capital, which is years away from realizing itself on the court. Like it's, I, I just think that he was just a tough move. So they had to they had to move someone else. So here's what's gonna happen. Sabonis is up after 23-24. And then Fox only has two years after that. So once Sabonis leaves, they're going to trade Fox after that and they're going to be right back where they were <laughs> when they drafted um, De'Aaron Fox with his, was it the sixth overall pick, fifth overall pick? I don't remember right now. Yeah, yeah. Just, just quickly... Do you understand how unlucky the Celtics were with that Kings pick that ended up being 14th? Yeah, very. Pick the year, and the Kings have picked higher than 14 like every year that I've been alive, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) How is that even possible? Like, the one year, we couldn't be two slots higher and gotten Halliburton or the the equivalent gotten Tyler Hero, but no, Sacramento. Anyway. That's just a quick aside. That's a quick aside. At least you quick got aside. the top three defense in the league this year. At least, at least we complain. got Rambio Langford out of it. Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. It could be the Kings. Uh, could be the Kings. That's what I said. <laughs> Dad, could be the Kings. Oh, uh, mate. It, honestly, at this point, I think their owner is just a bit sadistic. I think he likes it. <laughs> like, it defies like all reason and logic. It, it's not even smart business-wise. Like, I, don't, I really don't get it. I don't get it. Dude. I is, is Vladi Divac still the GM there? Who's calling the shots? Like, yeah. Uh, it's a weird d- one. No, it's Monty McNair. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I, I don't know, man. Some other guy sucks. You know, I, I saw a, um, a video of 
of the draft war room from the Nick Scout Nick Stauskas draft. Oh where yeah, kid, where the source like, source Castillo. Oh my god, what's the owner's name again? Yeah, Vivek Vivek, Vivek Renadive. Yeah. yeah, and he's in there. They're like they're like talking, and they decide to they decide to take him, and they're like all hyped, and they're shaking hands. And then it was Nick Stauskas. He's out of the league. Out of the league. But granted, I'm looking at who got drafted after that. Noah Von Lane. If you Alfred look at the Payton. Kings Kings first round draft picks over the past 10 years, most of them, all very high picks, <laughs> most of them are out of the league. It How is, is possible, crazy. Dude? Send that team to Seattle. Get them out of there. How? Anywho. Man, that's tough. Moving away from the trade recaps, though, because, as we say, deadline is 12 hours away. We're going to have all sorts to talk about next week, recap on, we hope. We might have nothing to recap on. This might be it. But that's enough trades for now. Moving on, how about the East race? Man, every night's a playoff game, fellas. what, What was it, Jake? First seed to fifth is separated by four games or something? So now first through seven is separated by four and a half. Wow. And the Nets are in eight at five and a half back from the first seed. Top four seeds are one game apart. It's nuts. Which is why when someone's like, oh, they're the best team in the East, it's like, well, they're kind of tied with five other teams as the best team in the East. I'm actually with you on that one because really, like – I've been saying it for a while, but the East this year, anyone can beat anyone. It's all very... That's probably why their records are what they are and they're all so close because that's exactly it. Like if six can take down first and second can beat seventh and eighth can yeah. beat all of them, then, you know, let's just start the playoffs now. The Bucks got to be cheering. Like the fact that they've had this weird up and down season with the injuries and then they're now half a game out of the one seed. Like, you're going to pick a team that's just going to go on a tear. You see them against the Lakers last night, which is not saying much, but they were up 30 at one point. But you get Drew, Giannis, and Middleton back in. Giannis dropping 44 on 20 shots. I mean, you got to you got to feel pretty good about getting into that one seat again and going on a little MVP run there. All right, let's, let's quickly rattle off some contenders here. Obviously, I've got the Bucks at the tippy top because I tabbed them to go back-to-back. We've got the Heat. We've got the Bulls. How are you feeling, Joshy? We'll get to that. We've got <laughs> we've got the Heat, the Bulls, the Nets. We've got Cavs, 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 Sixes. Joel Embiid is Sixes. King Kong. I, I I'm of the belief in the East this year. It's going to be the team that makes it through is just going to be the team with the most dominant player playing at that time. So I do think it's still going to be Giannis. I reckon the Sixers are probably one of the contenders behind them because Embiid is unguardable this year. The Nets, maybe, if KD comes back healthy. I think I'm leaving it at that. I don't that, really I see anyone else as a threat. That's literally, I totally agree with you. Like, even well, my the Bulls. Nets aren't a threat. The Nets, <laughs> if KD's healthy, the Nets are absolutely a threat. Like, I don't, I don't I'm, see I'm, how you could. Yeah, it's absolutely. purely through that. He's the best man in the world. Yeah, but they're gonna have they're gonna Harden's gonna be out with some fucking finger injury. Kyrie's gonna be playing half the games. 
I'm not going to. I'm not be- saying that they're going to win, but I just I think I like them better than the what twelve other teams. Like yeah, I'm done. Talking- KD. Give me the Celtics over oh this God. fake fucking team. They they took out the, the Celtics when it was Jason Tatum, Shemi Ojale, and <laughs> and Aaron Neesmith and and Tristan Thompson, and they were feeling real good about themselves. And they're like, oh, we're coming into this season. We've got scary hours. Ooh, spooky. They're the eighth seed. <laughs> okay, it, honestly, it would it would be a crazy matchup because as we've been hollering. Celtics have a really, really good defense this year, and Nets can only score. So, I it's beats me. Joe Harris is out for the year. It sounds like they're, they're like shopping for shooters because they know he's not coming back. So it's like Patty, KD, and three games out of seven of Kyrie. But my point, my point of bringing up this the Nets is I consider them contenders because they have a talent level at the top end that can beat anyone. No one can guard KD. If he wants to call game, I suppose he can. Same as Embiid, same as Giannis, and I'm pretty much leaving it there. Even my Bulls, who we've been, you know, getting excited about this year, I, I don't see them as a threat. I'm happy if they, you know, win a series, make it to the second round, put in a plucky effort. That's good enough for me, for a team that's, you know, not made the playoffs seriously as a contender since Derek Rose. <clears throat> then you got the Heat, and I guess... They're top of the standings, but I don't really consider them massive threats to anyone either, unless it's like another bubble situation and players are going out left and right. Like, Giannis can beat the Heat. Dude, literally any team playing any team outside the box is going six or seven games. I, I think you're right. I think any team can really push each other in this playoffs. I think even the Raptors could push teams should they make the playoffs at a reasonable right. seed. Like, they're a good team. They're a good team, but they're the classic regular season magic. Just like just like that year they made the second round as the two seed. They're, they tr- they tr- bust their ass so hard every single night, but they don't really have a lot of offense in the half court when it gets down to the playoffs. It's better well, we'll now see. than it was a couple we'll years see. ago. We'll see. Yeah, like their, their team is actually pretty interesting nowadays. But I, again, I don't consider them a contender. I just consider them another of the really good teams. Celtics are probably the only one that I might bump up just because Jason Tatum can be a bit of a G. Come to the dark side, Josh. No, I'm not diving in yet. I get, no, yeah, no. well, that, I suppose that's the way to look at it. Like, which of the other other teams then do you like? Like, do you, how much, I mean, obviously Cleveland has kind of been the story of the year. Like, how how far can they actually go? Like, what what's the case for them? Like, I don't think any further than the Bulls. Like matchup depending, maybe they get a really friendly matchup that, like, for whatever reason, their team lines up good against. Oh, yeah, say, of course, yeah. The ceiling of every team is the Eastern Conference Finals, because, like, you know, you're the you're the seventh seed and you're the Raptors or the Celtics or the Sixers drop down to seven and they play the Cavs or the Bulls or the Heat. Like, I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I'm. From a gambling point of view, I'm taking whoever the underdog is because there's going to be some upsets in this conference. There's yeah, no about there probably it. will be some upsets in this conference. I guess, do we see anyone upsetting a Bucks before they make their way to the finals is no. my question here. Not right now. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Not right I now. think for, for all the competitiveness that the conference got going on, it's still a bit of a mirage. I think... The Bucks can switch it on come playoff time, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna get it over them. 
Unless. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> Unless is Ben Simmons the Nets Eastern Conference powerhouse saver? Savior? Is that what's <laughs> That would do be it? something. That would be something. Well, that, I mean, I, I really... I really hope that trade happens in the next 24 hours because it, it would make it a lot more interesting for me. I, I for oh, yeah. both for both teams, right? Like, you yeah. know, for better or worse with Philly, like I want to watch it. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see how it fits Embiid next to Harden. And obviously, you know, Brooklyn have been bleeding the last, you know, what, three or four weeks now. I think nine in a row. Like nine in a row. Like they're, they're as much as I, I just wax lyrical about KD, they actually <laughs> suck. Like they actually suck as a team and, and, there's not really that many other NBA guys on that roster once you, you, you go, you know, five or six deep. So it's, um, you know, if they did that, Ben would help them immensely. Obviously, whether or not he suits up straight away or, or you know, that, that's a whole different scenario. But I yeah, there was like it, a it would be cool. Week, yeah. I heard there was like a two-week ramp-up period. Right, right. Which, I don't know, maybe he just does a lot of, uh, I was going to make a joke about Something else. I'm going to save that. Um, there's a two-week wrap-up period, and he's fine. And then on the, fl- on the flip side, right, like does, does Harden just start making shots again and starts looking like a, a league MVP top five guy? I no, I, I, I think I, we're, we're all on the same page now with that where I, I don't think so, right? No way. I've been top- calling it since the start of the season. Something's been off about this guy. He's not there. Top five is long gone. There's no that's, – that's, there's no – world where I see him coming back into the Giannis, Steph, and B yeah. world. Top 10, is he still there? Maybe just. Maybe I, just. I, I'm i that low. Maybe, again, it's recency bias because I, I just think they've been so bad the last couple of weeks. But I, I'm really low on him to the point that yeah, I yeah. I mean, give me Ben Simmons at this point. And I, maybe that's just me being yeah. forgetful of how bad Ben was in the playoffs. But, <laughs> like, I, I, I just don't. And, I mean, the other thing, and we, we talked about in our chat for the week, like, the Maury Harden experience, we've seen it before. Obviously, Embiid is, would be the best teammate he's ever had, but yeah. it's 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 still something that you, you still have question marks in James Harden in the playoffs. Like it's And, and, and I don't know whether or not he's ever going to be good enough at this point to, to overcome that. I, w- I wonder if Maury sees Embiid and Harden a bit like he thought Embiid and Dwight Howard would be all those years ago. Maybe he's he's like now's my chance, James. Come over here. We can get you a proper big man. All right, here's a little game for you. Which of these guys in the playoffs would you prefer, or stop me when you choose Harden over this guy? Okay. So LeBron, KD, Steph, Jokic, Giannis, Kawhi, Embiid. I mean Dame, AD might be one. Luca. Maybe I'm AD. Taking, I'm taking Luca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take Luca. Yeah, AD, by the Dame AD, yeah. now I'm starting to waver, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm still taking most of these guys over AD Harden. was good in the playoffs. Maybe Harden AD is a good one. Luca, I'm taking over Harden. Yeah. Tatum, Jimmy Butler. No. You're no. still going, you're going, you're going Tatum or you're going I'm t- Harden? I'm taking, I'm t- I've taken all these players over Harden so far. Yeah. I think so too, especially in yeah. the playoffs. Tatum, Butler, Booker, PG. Okay. I'll take James Harden Peach. over Paul George. In the playoffs, I mean, apples and apples and apples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, uh, Bam. It's kind of hard with the position stuff, but Donovan Mitchell. Give me Mitchell. He's a bowler in the playoffs. Beal. That's probably Harden. 
CP3 all day. Jalen, it's getting to that point with Harden at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're, we're talking like 20 to 30. Yeah. 20 to 30 range. Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. He can bring, he can bring it back, I guess. I don't know. That could be good, though. Like, MB still- doesn't need someone to come in and take the light away from him. He needs someone to be his Robin. It's a good point, right? And right now they're literally getting zero from Ben. So if you bring in a yeah. top 30 player. Yeah. And Harden can sit on the perimeter for all he cares because Maxi's really good off the bounce attacking the rim. Yeah, but Harden's useless off the ball. No, he but I mean, like, like he, he doesn't away. have to. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. I, and, and I mean, the, the best versions of Harden, the team's always been built around him, and this is not going to be that situation. So I don't think he's going to have that anymore. Yeah, Unless exactly. he goes to like a. Wizards. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't think. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like Russ. I mean, that's the that's the stuff that's kind of been coming out today. It's like, is is he Russ like two years ago? And you look two years forward, and like that's Russ now. Like, is that the same thing with Harden? Like, yeah, I, 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 I for the the sake of the Eastern Conference this year, I would love for this trade to happen tomorrow. I just want it to happen. Oh, I, want, I, I, I really want it. To, I don't think it will. I'm, I'm skeptical, but I, I'd like I'd like for it to happen. Yeah, all right. Yes. Let, let's let's close on that. Tips. Yeah. Is it going to happen? Yes or no? I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think it's at that point. Um, I want it to happen. I think it's bad for Philly long term. I don't think they win a title this year, and then it's that's kind of it because you got to pay hard in a million billion dollars. And for the Nets, I just I just I just think they're going to be one of those teams no matter what. That's just never going to it's never going to happen. So. Pull the trigger, chaos, Ben. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I want it to happen. I mean, just even for just getting to see Ben Simmons play basketball this season because he's, be nice. he's not going to play in Philly. So if the change of scenery is is what it takes for him to, to, to suit up, then sweet. I I I agree with Philly. I think it's. I mean, I mean, I, they're in their window, right? And and you're in you're in peak Embiid right now, so you you want to try and capitalize MB. that. Yeah. At the same time, like. That dude out in Milwaukee is tough, and I, oh, he's man. not go, he's not going anywhere. So it's you know if if Embiid and I guess you're banking on on hoping that those two guys are going to be enough to overcome that. I don't know if I don't know if it, it will be, but uh, yeah, I, I I hope it happens. I want it to happen. Yeah, I guess Philly got to be looking at it that Embiid has to be the one guy in the league that Giannis can't just push out of the way. Yeah, I, I mean Embiid's the second. Well, Katie injured, so third, third best player in the conference after those two right now. No, no question. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, as much as I would love to see it happen, like you guys, for nothing more than to just shake things up, I can't see it happening. I see Ben mm-hmm. sitting the rest of the season. It's going to be miserable. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Hopefully, before we go to bed tonight. Yeah, that would be really sweet. I don't want. Oh, yeah, we'll have to wake up early. Um, oh man, I've got a nine forty-five tip off tonight. It's gonna be. That's a late one. Ooh. Straight late to one. bed, mate. Straight to bed. I'm gonna be wired after this six six point two rebound two assist night. <laughs> well, alternatively, don't sleep at all. That is another option. Um, I but I guess for this week, fellas, that's that's kind of all I got to talk about. Do we have any closing thoughts? No. 
Hopefully, next time I speak to you, you've got Celtics on an eight-game win streak. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Well, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. This has been a bit of a recap on the trade so far, intro into the trade deadline. Next time we speak to you, the deadline will be long gone. We'll be discussing everything that happens, should anything happen. Um, until then, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. Peace.